Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Mr. Robot. Titled EPS 2.4 underscore M4 STER dash S1 AVE dot AES. Okay, usually this is the point in the show where I bitch about how unreadable the episode titles are, but today I don't care. I am so excited. I have been waiting. I have been waiting oh so goddamn long. To talk about this episode. This episode is perfect. It is brilliant. It is one of my favorite things that Mr. Robot has ever done. One of the greatest and most original and insane things any show in the history of ever has ever done. This opening sequence... The first 15, 20 minutes of this episode, it's literally a sitcom. It's literally Mr. Robot becomes a sitcom, like an 80s sitcom. And it has all the iconography, all the throwback technical deals. Like, you see uh, the opening credit scene of an 80s sitcom. Uh, you see the opening logos of an a, a, a of an 80s sitcom. There's even a commercial at one point that's like in an 80s style for E Corp. Like it's so perfect, and it all works so perfectly within the world because the whole thing that's happening here is it's literally Mr. Robot is locking Elliot away in his own subconscious. So he can take the punches for him. Because remember, up in the real world, Elliot is taking the beating of a lifetime from Ray's goons. Mr. Robot locked Elliot in the back of his own mind so he himself could take those punches. So that he could spare Elliot from that beating. So this is literally Mr. Robot's way of saying, everything's fine, don't worry about it. It's all good. 
And but of course, it's in Elliot's warped subconscious. So which makes it even more surreal and insane. And I don't even know what happens. Like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> it's just bonkers. Like Mr. Robot is trying to make Elliot's life into a sitcom so as everything could be more palatable for at least this moment while he's taking this beating. But Elliot's life is shit. (laughs) Every element of his childhood is garbage. So we're taking, like, these things of, like, his dad died of cancer. His mother beat him and his sister. He's a crazy man. Uh, freaking Tyrell is possibly murdered. Like, Gideon's dead and all this. And it turns it into not even a punchline. It just is laugh track fodder. Like, they have, like, Mr. Robot as Elliot's dad, like, just coughing up blood and is like, oh, coughing up blood and there's a laugh track for some reason like (laughs) Darlene is talking back and their mother just puts out a cigarette on her arm and punches her in the face multiple times and there's a laugh track over it and you get deeper and deeper and deeper into this bizarro world and it just gets stranger and stranger and stranger there's this dude in the trunk the entire time who's later revealed to be Tyrell who at one point gets out and just jumps down the highway into (laughs) into the fake backdrop (laughs) they make a stop at a convenience store and it looks to be like an innocent road trip stop Elliot goes in. Alf is there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> because of course. You can't have a sitcom in the 80s. Without having Alf. Somewhere in there. <laughs> Angela's working the. Uh, <laughs> working the counter. Because apparently this is. E-Corp in this sitcom world is a chain of convenience stores. Angela also, for some reason, is talking in a Brooklyn accent. What? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've, I've been getting promoted. It almost makes up for them killing my mom. <laughs> oh, also, in the sitcom, you see, like... Angela, a Porsche Doubleday's intro is literally her crying over her mom's casket at a funeral <laughs> and just turning the camera, turning to the camera, trying to smile and then going back to crying. Like, it's just, it is dark. It is really dark. Parents burst in and they just take everything. <laughs> they just rob the place. And then they just go about their business on the highway. They get pulled over. Or they don't get pulled over. They get a flat tire. Wacky shenanigans. And then a police officer comes and it's Gideon. <laughs> Why is Gideon a police officer in this world? 
And then for some reason, Gideon's about to catch him in the act. And oh my god. I didn't realize it until just this moment. But this plays out literally the same way as it does in real life. I, I, up until this point, I was just like, man, what a wacky set of just insane circumstances. But I just realized, no, Gideon's death in the sitcom world plays out beat for beat exactly the same. As in real life, Elliot and Mr. Robot rob E-Corp. They're on the run. Gideon shows up and is like, I know you did this. I know you're doing bad. I'm going to turn you in. And then he dies for no reason. Although, while in the real world, he just got shot by some nobody. In this world, well, he got shot by some crazy person. In this world, he gets run over by Elf. (laughs) What the hell? What is happening? (laughs) Why any of this? Why is Tyrell in the chunk of the car? Why is E-Corp a convenience store chain? Why is Darlene getting punched in the face so much? Why does Angela have a Brooklyn accent? Why is Alf there? (laughs) Why is Gideon the cop? Why did he get run over by Alf? It's just, it's so amazing and perfect. And my sudden realization that, oh my God, in his head, Elliot's playing this out in a twisted way like the bare bones exactly what happened in the real world perfect example of how like this isn't just a series of insane images like all of this is like just this warped perception of like what Elliot's life has become uh from his effed up childhood to the extraordinary circumstances he's in now it's all through this warped 80s sitcom lens and it's amazing it's so so incredible it's magnificent. I love it. It's oh, th- this first 15, 20 minutes of the episode. It's so perfect. And you get this great moment of catharsis when Elliot's like, you won. This is you taking over. And Mr. Robot's like, no. I was trying to protect you from this beating. This was temporary. We always had a destination. And then we get to the hospital. And Elliot's like, just... In his bed, now back to the real world. And is getting this monologue from Ray about how his dog died. Realizing that she had a master. Because she was sick and needed human hands to care for her. This opening is so weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Like, I remember when this came out. When this first aired. Everyone's jaws were collectively on the ground. Like, oh my god, they actually just did that. (laughs) This is actually a thing we just watched. They actually made this. Sam Esmail, what a goddamn genius. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. 
But then going back into the real real world, uh, we got a bit of a bit of a heist, bit of an FBI hack heist. Uh, we set up in the last episode how Angela was now in league with F Society to try and uh, wipe all this data from the FBI on whatever uh, F Society stuff they got. Uh, basically, access all this data, know what they got, and then just sort of bloop fix the problem. So they got this heist set up. They're prepping it. They're prepping it. They're prepping it. Uh, Mobley's teaching Angela how to hack. And is only partially succeeding. Cisco gets a Fentacel that they're going to plug into the network and all that. And he gets beaten up by Dark Army people because he's going rogue to help F Society. At one point, Angela and Cisco meet in Susan Jacobs' house. And they just stare at each other for a minute. Because they know who they are. They know who each other are. Cisco definitely... Gave Angela and Ollie that CD. And this dude definitely wrecked her life. And Angela just brushes it off. Like, oh, it's no one. I I I thought you were someone I knew, but you're not. Just being cold. And then we get the actual heist. And it's so awesome. It's such a great sequence. It's so exhilarating. Just to watch, just to watch Angela, who has no experience in this world, just sort of on edge, being like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, but can I do this, but can I do this, but can I do this, just like, in a high stress scenario that she's just not at all comfortable with, meanwhile Darlene's just being so calm, like, that's fine, it's simple, Darlene... You see her just, like, effortlessly get into this hotel, manipulate the hotel staff to do exactly what she wants uh, so that she can get in the optimal place uh, to get in just where she needs to be for this hack to go well. And then you got Angela, who's just walking around the FBI floor of E-Corp like she just saw a dead body. And by the way... This whole Fentacel thing, this whole Fentacel sequence, it's done in one shot. Like, you have this one shot of Angela going around the FBI E-Corp station. Going about this Fentacel planting. It's a one-take shot. Uh, The only thing that's added in is Darlene and Mobley's voices over her phone. But you see her, like, get off the elevator, walk towards the bathroom, uh, take out her laptop, do do the hack, ask Mobley for help, then leave, have that very, very tense discussion where that one FBI dude is flirting with her. And, like, she comes... So close to getting caught in this moment, but she's able to navigate it. And then she, like, plants the fence cell. And does the whole thing. boop a doop doop she's out. That's all one shot. And it's great. It's exhilarating. It's an amazing, amazing moment, and I love it. <clears throat> Sorry, I had, a uh, I had something in my throat. I don't know what. My, uh, my body wants me to die. 
Anyway, it's probably nothing. <laughs> uh, but we got a bunch of other stuff happening while this is going on. Oh, wait. I'm not done talking about the Angela heist. I'm an idiot. Uh, there's then a tricky situation happening with the Wi-Fi. Angela has to go up to her cubicle and basically hack some more. Put in some commands on the fly that Darlene feeds to her. And just as she's almost done... Who shows up but Dom? Saying, oh, you're Angela, right? Oh, are you on the phone? I'm sorry. I hate when people do that to me. Uh, finish up and then we'll talk. So, Angela's on the radar in some way. Not sure what yet, but it's going to be something. Uh, but like I said, a bunch of other stuff happening while all this is going on. Uh, Dom is trying to convince her boss that the shooting that they experienced at the end of the last episode was definitely Dark Army. But he's like, no, the Chinese are like, it's these uh, separatist people, blah, blah, blah. And Dom's like, no, it's the Dark Army because of this, 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 and this. This played out in exactly the right way that they interrupt our investigation without leaving any loose threads. That's the only way any of this makes sense. And they're like, eh, take some psych leave. Oh, and also that, uh, that convenience store place that she was in and we, it went, is, that's all, folks. Uh, <laughs> that convenience store place she was in and was buddy-buddy with the owner and all that. Uh, the way in which she was introduced into this show. Yeah, it turns out that place is closing. And Dom like has a conversation with this dude and is like, man, I'm I'm sorry. It's gonna it's gonna suck not having this place open. Also, Price is trying once again to push for a bailout. And this one senator is like, nope, not happening. Uh, this is all stalling. We can't do it. Sorry. So Price is continuing to try and negotiate this. And then we get this ending. This beautiful, cathartic, amazing ending. Where Elliot gets taken again by Ray's goons. Put into this dark, desolate, empty room. Mr. Robot shows up and is like, Hey, before you before you freak out and go postal on me, I, I was trying to help. I was trying to take the punches for you. And it looks like Elliot's about to like just go ballistic. But then Elliot, with his, like, what little strength he has, he gets up and just hugs Mr. Robot. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. So we're sort of getting, like, just the tiniest bit of understanding between them. And then we get this flashback with Elliot and his dad. And the dad's like, hey, so... Haven't told anyone this yet, but I'm fired and also dying. But I'm going to open a computer store. You get to pick the name of it. And so we we sort of see, like, the dad, like, emptying all this baggage onto Elliot. In fact, it almost to a trained eye of film analysis. It's almost as if they're showing... Mr. Robot is very different from Elliot's father. Because Elliot's father dumped baggage onto him and 
Mr. Robot is taking baggage off. It's a great little stark contrast between the two characters. But we sort of see, like, Elliot and his dad pulling up to the computer store, which we know is going to be named Mr. Robot. And the dad's like, so what are you going to name it? And then Kid Elliot, like, starts opening his mouth and then it cuts the credits. We know what he named it, obviously. But it's just a nice little moment. It's a good little flashback. It's It's a cool little flashback deal. If it wasn't for the fact that we had that sitcom and we needed to open on that sitcom, this probably would have been the first... Uh, scene of the episode, but we did have that sitcom, so it's jiggered a little differently, but oh my god, that opening sitcom, holy crap, it's, it's spectacular, it is the stuff of legend, that is like just god-tier Sam Esmail going full Sam Esmail, and I love it, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a while before this show tops that, I'm gonna be honest, (laughs) tomorrow we're just gonna go back to Plain old Mr. Robot, and it's going to be just a little bit sad. But it's still going to be great, because Mr. Robot just so happens to be the greatest show ever made. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so you'll be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a personal button. On the Anchor app, I'll play those on the show from time to time, if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 7. Talk to you then.